0: What's up, y'all? It's your boy, 12 Kyle. And thank you for listening to another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. You can find this podcast just about anywhere. All right, so check it. On this particular podcast, man, what I want to talk about is I just want to reflect a little bit on Biggie and Tupac. Um, I think if you... Ask people uh, about Biggie and Tupac. Uh, a lot of times you will get, uh, depending on who you ask, different stories. Um, but I wanted to take a podcast just to kind of reflect a little bit. Uh, not going to get too into their stories per se, because uh, I think most of us know their stories. But um, I, I really want to give you a look at them from a fan's perspective. And uh, I'm a fan. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, was a huge fan, always will be a huge fan of both. Um, I guess I can start really with my introductions to both of them. Um, the first time I heard Tupac, uh, God, I don't even remember what year it was. I guess whatever year it was that Uh, same song came out by Digital Underground now Digital Underground was they they were jamming and I mean like the Sex Packet album was dope and I had that and so you know people were really kind of looking forward to the next project that they had coming out and um, I remember watching the video and the same song comes on and Shock G's rapping, Money B's rapping and then at the end, you know, this guy comes on the screen and he's got a, if I'm not mistaken, he had on a dashiki. And I'm like, okay, who is this dude? It was just, you know, some other, dude. I, 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 didn't, I mean, honestly, we didn't know who he was. And keep in mind, this is the 90s. So, you know, there was no, you know, you, you couldn't, you couldn't like Google him to see who he was. Um, and then eventually, I think I saw uh, an episode of Yo! MTV Raps. And, you know, it was like, yo, this is our boy Tupac and he was a used to be a dancer in the group or what have you but you know they said he could rhyme so I was like okay all right Tupac <laughs> And anyway, I didn't really make much of it um and then fast forward you know to his first album um you know I think just for me like hearing hearing him rhyme for the first time on his album uh I was like whoa like I didn't know this dude really could rap and Um, the things that he was talking about, man, you know, he was really, really deep. Um, he really wasn't trying to come at you at that particular time with like hit records or anything like that. Uh, but from the first album on, you know, you could tell that he had a voice. Um, you know, when you saw him in interviews, he had personality. Uh, he was just a guy who you, like you, if I'll put it like this. If you were standing across a a crowded room and they said and someone said to you, "Okay, pick out the person in this room with talent, like you would be able to find Tupac because he was just that kind of guy. And I think his talent and his personality resonated with people. And it's easy to understand, at least for me as a fan, it's easy to understand why I gravitated towards him. And it's easy to understand why. Fans like me gravitated towards him, particularly in his earlier days, because, you know, he was very charismatic, very, uh, you know, very strong minded uh, and it came through in his music. And so, uh, you know, we really look forward to, um, you know, his albums and, you know, subsequently everything that he was involved in, whether it be movies, so forth and so on. Um, As for Biggie. <laughs> the first time that I heard Biggie, man, um, it was, uh, it, it was interesting because, and, and I've told the story before on, on my blog. Um, but like, I, I didn't know who Biggie was. <laughs> I had no clue. And I remember there was this song, um, uh, called Dolly, my baby, uh, by Supercat and Supercat. Reggae artist or whatever, or dance hall artist, I guess that's what you would call them back then. And, um, you know, SuperCat got the song Dolly My Baby, had Mary J on the hook, Puff rhymes on it, um, and some other guy. <laughs> and at the end, you know, Biggie comes on and he starts off, I love it when you call me Big Papa. I'm like, okay. who? And, and it was, what was interesting was, I didn't have, I did, again, I didn't know who this guy was, didn't know anything about him. And um, I remember uh, my boy Bruce on my football team. I, we, we were playing at uh, South Carolina State University. I was in college at the time, and my, my teammate, my boy Bruce, he uh, he had the cassette single. <laughs> Shout out to the cassette singles back in the day. Um, so he had he had the tape on sync sing- on the cassette single, and I never forget. We were about to play a game, and he let me. He was like, "Yo, you need to check this out." And he was like, "Yo, the dude at the end is rhyming." and i was like okay so i listened to it right and lo and behold (laughs) the guy at the end because big had the last verse on the song the guy at the end was just like what bruce has said he was rhyming he was in fact he was rhyming his ass on like yo okay he sounds different he's this this is something new and so i just kept playing and playing it right so we we were we're about to play a game and um so we go on the field or whatever. I I, I never get, I took the tape. He gave me the tape. I took the tape, put it in my bag. You know, I, I listened to it in my, with my Walkman. <laughs> Shout out to the Walkmans. I walked, I listened to my Walkman before the game. And then after the game, I listened to it again on the way back um, to school after we won the game. Right. So I remember I just kept playing it. Right. And, uh, <laughs> And I just, I was really amazed at how dope this dude was. And it was just his verse. I mean, it was a catchy hook. I liked the song, but I loved his verse. And again, I still didn't know who this guy was. I subsequently found out later that he was, um, you know, Biggie Smalls, aka, AKA the Notorious B.I.G. Um, but we just knew him as Biggie Smalls, right? So fast forward to the to a week later, we're about to play another game and my man bruce comes to me and is like yo um yo you got my tape huh <laughs> i'm like nah i don't have your tape man and he was like i gave you my tape last week and i was like i don't have it i was like i think i left it you know in the dorm i made up some bullshit excuse right <laughs> and so um subsequently i never gave bruce his tape back <laughs> And really, I literally played that tape, that cassette single, just a single. And it was, I think, I can't remember what was on the B side, but on the other side, but I literally played the tape until the tape popped. And uh, for many, many years, you know, and and what was interesting was Bruce kept asking me for the tape and I never gave him the tape back. I kept coming up with some other excuse. Um, And even to this day, we, we talk, we talk every other day. You know, he constantly he, he will remind me from time to time, like, yo, you owe me for that Biggie tape. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I was just I was really, um, you know, thrilled to hear the guy rap. And then I think the next time I heard him was on Party and Bullshit. And, um, you know, I just became a fan. man. I just really, really became a fan. Uh, and I think those two introductions of how I came to Biggie and how I came to Tupac, uh symbolizes how a lot of us fans, particularly fans in the 90s, 80s and 90s, you know, we we sometimes you stumbled upon music. You know, it's not like now a days where, you know, you could go online and find somebody or find somebody's SoundCloud page and become a fan or um you know, they maybe they get guest featured and they appear at the Grammys or the, you know, BT awards or whatever the case may be. Um you know, the, the path to the introduction of an MC takes time, so forth and so on. Uh, Sometimes it takes years, uh, you know, or at least it used to, right. Um, it doesn't anymore. I mean, because technology has changed the game. Um, but yeah, that, that was my introduction to Biggie and Pac. And, uh, I would be lying if I didn't say that I, I became a fan of both men very quickly and again i gravitated toward them so when ready to die was about to come out i was i was so amped because you know we had a couple of hits and everything like that that led up to ready to die and you know that was an anticipated album um strictly for my niggas by tupac's Apocalypse now. Um, I mean, all of the albums, um, the Me Against the World album, which is my favorite Tupac album, I think is his best work. Uh, all I, all Eyes on Me is probably his most popular album. Uh, I think Me Against the World is better. Um, but that's just me. Uh, but I think looking back on them, they particularly before it all ended, I think as far as if, if you view if you were able to step back and look at how they lived their lives, I think they led good lives. I think they were, um, you know, very content or at least from the outside looking in, it seems that it seemed to be that they were content with who they were and where they were going. Um, Again, Tupac, when you look at him, when I looked at him in 1995, uh, you know, he had star written all over him. I mean, like, he went from you know doing the the hip-hop to acting and tv and movies and again he was he was going to be a star now you know of course pop was he he was going to speak his mind sometimes his mouth got him into trouble sometimes his action got him into trouble we all know about and it's well documented about you know the case that he had against him and you know, uh, shooting at cops and, you know, doing the bid in jail. And I'm not going to get into all of that. Um, but from the outside looking in, it looked as if Tupac led a very good life, a very pleasurable life. Um, same for Biggie, um, from the outside looking in, it looked like Biggie really, really enjoyed, you know, the spoils of, of his success. And it happened so quickly for him. Um, you know, or at least from the outside looking in, it appeared that it it, it it happened very quickly because one minute he's, you know, selling drugs, the next minute Puff signs him to a deal, and the next minute, you know, he's on he's on, you know, uh he's on the cover of magazines, he's making albums, he's has this huge tour, so forth, he's all on videos, he's all over the place. Um so they both at least from the outside looking in, led good lives. Uh, And I think the fans, particularly fans like myself, really, really enjoyed watching them on their rise to stardom. Uh, Of course, there's a downside. Um, I think one of the things that really resonated with me and something I was watching just a couple of days ago, I was watching this documentary called The Defiant Ones, uh, and it was about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, the record executive, and their rise uh, to where they are legendary status. And there was a you know time in the documentary, obviously, where they talked about Death Row records and you know Tupac's involvement with Death Row. Um, I think, and 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 looking at that kind of made me think about you know where. I was, and how things were when Tupac died. Tupac died, obviously, in September of 1996. Um, We we all know, or maybe you don't know, about the quote-unquote East Coast, West Coast beef rivalry or whatever. That was bullshit. I mean, I'm I'm speaking as a fan and as a hip-hop historian and as a hip-hop head. It was bullshit. That's what it was. It was something that was made up uh and contrived by the media and you know unfortunately you know people fell into the trap uh you know there's the famous vibe magazine cover with Biggie and Pop, excuse me Biggie and Puffy on the cover and you know it was vibe the source you know th- some of those publications they really contributed to a lot of confusion that was going on a lot of hearsay and keep in mind there was no this is 95 96 There was no social media, you know, so, I mean, I don't know if social media would have helped, but, you know, it was, it was really unfortunate and, you know, obviously I'm not going to get into, you know, what was said, you all know what was said, Pac going back and forth talking about he slept with Faith, who was Biggie's wife at the time, um, you know, Pac making, you know, suggestions that, uh, you know, Biggie and Puffy set him up to be robbed and shot, um, And that was his opinion. I mean, and and to be honest, I don't know how much of that was contrived. And I don't know how much of that because, you know, you hear stories years later that, you know, he really didn't think that and all of these other things. Um, But I think one of the things that even in watching this documentary made me think about uh, and it's something that really doesn't get talked about a lot uh, in hip hop circles, but I'm gonna be real with y'all. That particular time when this East Coast, West Coast beef or whatever was going on, that was really, even though some great music was being cranked out, that was a really, really dark time in hip hop. And the reason why I say that is because, like, nobody knew where this was going. I mean, yeah, it was two guys who, you know, used to be friends, used to be acquaintances, used to, um, you know have some level of friendship. I don't know how close they were, but they, you know, I think they both admitted that at some point they were friends. Um, and you know, they're going back and forth and, you know, not only are they going back and forth, but at this particular time, these are two of the biggest stars in hip hop that had never happened before. I mean, like there was beef in hip hop before. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there was beef. I mean, you know, we <laughs> we heard Ice Cube, you know, released No Vaseline. But there was, even after Ice Cube released No Vaseline, there was never a point where I felt like Ice Cube life might have been threatened because Ram was going to shoot him or something like that. You know what I mean? It just or Easy was going to try to kill him. You know, I never thought that. Now, whether or not that actually could was possible was possible for happening, I don't know. Um, but I think it's uh, it, it was really it was really really a dark place in hip hop because a, it was a lot of stuff going back and, and again we didn't have social media. So if you read, you know, or you heard, or you happen to hear an interview where Pac is saying, you know, "fuck bad boy." as a crew, as a label, as a staff, you know, or whatever, or you hear Biggie saying, you know, he's the king of hip hop or whatever the case may be. And he's crushing all competition. And you know, he's talking about pop. Um, you know, you just didn't know where the end, because again, we had beefs or, or disagreements or whatever in hip hop, but it never, nobody never saw the violence or anything coming. And, um, you know, I think we, uh, a- as fans, we were, we stood on the sideline and we watched and I don't think that we as fans, we as a hip hop community did what we could have done. And to be honest, I don't know what we could have done, but I think we could have done more other than stand and watch. Um, And so it goes back and forth. Obviously Um, you all know the story. Tupac goes to Vegas and, He gets shot again because he had been shot before. And I remember hearing about it. Uh, It was was really weird because Tupac went to Vegas. He got shot. And like, I didn't hear about him getting shot until like the next day on the radio. Right. I mean, so it's vastly different from nowadays because now if Tupac had gotten shot today, you know, if he got shot at 12 o'clock you know, the story would be out, you know, I don't know, 1210. <laughs> um, so anyway, so some days go by. I want to say it's like six or seven days. And uh, we're hearing that. And I remember hearing like maybe on a third or fourth day that Pop was doing better. He was in recovery and, you know, things were looking good. And and that could have been the case. I don't know. You know, sometimes when people are about to die, they usually, you know, their health gets better before they pass. Um, But that's the word that I got. And I never forget, like I remember going to work. I was working at this video store and I walked in. I think I was working like four to twelve or something. And I can't remember if it was a Friday or a Saturday. And uh, I walked in and I heard, um, you know, one of Pac's songs on the radio, which was, you know, nothing different because Pac, (laughs) he was all over the radio. Um, And so what had happened was Tupac had died that day, but I didn't. I think I walked around for maybe three or four hours not even knowing. And so I get to work. I'm, you know checking in, clocking in or whatever. And one of my coworkers says, he was like, yeah, man. He's like, man, they're going to be playing Pac all day today. And I was like, okay. <laughs> all right. That's cool. I guess we'll listen to, cause we always we'll play the radio at work. And so I was like, okay, I guess we'll be listening to Pac today. And he was like, yeah, man, it's just, it's just really sad. And I was like, well, I heard he's doing better. And he was like, nah, man, he died. And I was like, huh? <laughs> And he's like, nah, man, for real, he died. He's like, he died earlier today. And I'm like, man, pull you bullshit. You're not, you lying. And I really was, you know, about to, you know, really confront the dude. Because I thought, because, I mean, at that particular time, you you hear all of these rumors and stuff and innuendo. I'm like, he, he ain't dead. And then, like, maybe... A minute after the song goes off and the the DJ comes on and he's like, you know, you know, we got to send this out to Tupac, man. Rest in peace. And I was like, huh? I mean, and I was like, I was blown. I was like, yo, I didn't. It just it really hit me like he's dead. Because, again, let me just let you in on a little secret. When Pac got shot like nobody. I don't think we knew this, at least for me. I didn't know. We didn't know the severity of it. We just know he had gotten shot. He was in Vegas. He got into a fight. You know, he's with Suge. Suge allegedly got shot. Um, but, you know, I think medical records show that Suge, you know, had a graze. A, the bullet grazed his head. I don't think he ever went to the hospital or anything like that. So I don't I want I wouldn't necessarily classify Suge as getting shot. Um, but, yeah, so Pac gets sh- so Pac gets shot and then he dies and we're all left like. Whoa, like where did this come from? And then all of a sudden, you hear these rumors and rumblings that you know this could have been, you know, bad boy doing this. And, and again, I don't know if Suge said this, I wasn't there obviously, so I'm not gonna put this on anybody. I, but I do from what I do know is that you know, then it's well documented that uh, where Tupac got shot, you know, the death row camp was traveling in like a 15 car, you know, uh, they were rolling 15 deep on the Vegas strip. Now, if you've ever been to Vegas, if you're 15 cars deep and some guy just rolls up and just starts shooting into a car, you know, you probably are going to see who's doing the shooting. Um, but the word is, is that Suge Knight basically told his camp, like, look, don't tell nobody nothing. You ain't see nothing. you know, I guess they were going to handle it the street way or whatever. Um, Nonetheless, man, the hip hop community was stunned. Um, Personally, I was stunned and I felt honestly, man, it it was kind of weird because, again, I was such a fan of Tupac and Biggie. I was actually mad at Tupac when he got shot because I felt and I'm going to tell you why. I was mad at Pac because I felt like he was really stirring this foolishness about him and Biggie. And I did, I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that there might, any, might have been any merit to it. So it, it looked to me like he was causing trouble to sell records. Right. And, you know, there's some people that believe that. Um, but I was, I was really up as a fan. I was upset with Tupac. And so then when I heard he got shot, I, I, I it's kind of weird to 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 say what I'm about to say but like I knew he'd gotten shot five times but I really didn't think Tupac was going to die. Like that never crossed my mind that he was going to okay, he shot you five times. Okay, he'll he'll be okay. He'll, you know, get out of the hospital, make a couple of songs and, you know, be Tupac again. And so I was upset with Pac when he di- when he got shot. And then when he died, I felt bad because I was like, damn, should I have really been mad at him? You know, like, so it kind of put for, for months. It, it, I was in a weird space with Tupac as a fan. Um, and subsequently, then, you know, six months later, Biggie gets shot and killed. Um, and I never forget, man, when I got the word, um, again... It was something that it happened he got shot on a saturday night i get a phone call eight o'clock 8 15 the next morning um it's my boy zell he calls me from virginia and i i was and you know it was weird it's like you know you and your boys I, I never call my boys in the morning they never called me in the morning and um i was living with my girl at the time is now my wife and i remember um <laughs> She grabbed, she, she picked up the phone and she, I guess she just knew it was for me. And so she didn't even answer the phone. So she picked up the phone, rolled over, gave it to me. And I'm never in the bed like that, but I I can't remember what we did the night before, but we were hanging out of gas. And, um, so I answered the phone and Zell could kind of tell, like, he, he was like, yo, I was like, yo, what's up? You know, and I'm like half asleep. He's like, yo, you up? And I was like, nah, what's up? Like that. And he was like, Oh. And um, you know, he just had this I could tell like he had this sound in his voice like everything wasn't cool. I was in. So I sat up, I was like, Yo, what's up? Is everything good? He's like, Man <laughs> And I was like, What, what's up? He's like, Man, they got your boy last night. And I was like, Huh? And again, now I'm just waking up, so all of this is new to me. I haven't seen anything, I haven't heard anything again. You know, if this was, you know, nowadays, I would probably would have heard about him getting shot. You know, I because I guess he got shot that night. I didn't find out till the next morning. So he's like, they got your boy last night. I was like, who? What? What are you talking about? He's like, man, they they shot Biggie. They killed him. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, nah, man. He's like, turn on MTV. And that was the way that we found out our news because we had to go to MTV. Um this was when MTV actually <laughs> played videos and actually, you know, had news stories. Um, novel concept, right? Um, nevertheless, so I turn on MTV. Kurt Loader's on my TV screen, and he's talking about, you know, Biggie, and there's a clip, and they show Little Kim, and she's spazzing out, and I'm like, it was surreal. It was like, I mean, Pac's death hurt biggie's death really hurt because you just didn't see it coming um well neither death you saw coming and i just it was just like it was crazy i mean it's, it's kind of hard to put into words but like i think this was the first time where i where and i'm not really i'm not an emotional type person like that but it felt like somebody that i knew or somebody in my family had died and you know, so I talked to Zell for a little bit, and then I got off the phone. And I was just like, "Yo!" I, and I sat up, got dressed, and I just I didn't know what to make of it because it was just weird. I mean, like, you—it's hard to put into words when you because nobody saw this coming. You, this was just bravado. This was just you know two guys going back and forth. This was you know this wasn't supposed to end like this. Um, And subsequently, you know, you had people on different coasts talking about, you know, this person and that person. I mean, like a whole coast, you know, and and what was weird was I was (laughs) I was kind of in a weird space because even though I was in South Carolina, uh, you know, these two guys kind of drew a line in the sand as far as hip hop is concerned, because, you know, there was a huge segment of people, hip hop fans that was riding with pop and so if you were riding with pop you didn't like biggie you just didn't and if you you know certain you know a huge segment of the population hip-hop population if you like biggie you wasn't riding with pop you just weren't and so i was kind (laughs) of in the middle because i love both of them as MCs, and i just i i i didn't want to participate in all of that i just i wanted to enjoy the music love those two cats for who they were and everything like that so Big died, that hurt. And, you know, it was interesting because, again, there were a lot of MCs that took to radio, took to, you know, the print media um, and TV, and they were just like, they didn't come out and blame Suge directly, but they were like, you know who you are who did this to him. And so, you know, you, you had the feeling like, yo, this really could really take off to the next level because now all of a sudden you have artists from the West Coast, you know, being a little leery about coming East and vice versa. So, you know, it, it was a, it, there was a, there was a call for everybody to kind of come together. Um, you know, things changed and, and, you know, time went on and, and things kind of blew over, man, but it is still even to this day it's still when i think about them i think about their music when i think about biggie i think about his music i think about pac i think about his music uh, but when i think about that time again that was a very dark time in hip-hop and it, it, the time got even darker once biggie got killed um and so we didn't know what to do um there was still some great music being made but as far as hip-hop in the hip hop community, it wasn't cool, man. It, it was it was really a sad and dark time. And, um, you know, it's an unfortunate part of the part of hip hop history. Uh, and it's even more unfortunate is that, you know, you had two people, two young men, two young black men, young black men who, by all accounts, on both of the nights that they were murdered were being trailed by the FBI. But nobody don't know who killed them. There's never been an arrest. There's never been a indictment. There's never been. There's been so many theories as to what happened, but we still don't know who killed him. We don't. And I think that as a fan burns me because I think we got we I, I know for a fact we got cheated. We got cheated because here's the thing. The legacy of Tupac and the legacy of Biggie uh, depending on who you ask, I mean, their, their legacies are cemented. Um, you know, Pac had a very good, very strong catalog of music. Uh, I, again, I bought all of his albums. I bought the, you know, after he, he passed, I bought the Don Caluminati, you know, Machiavelli album, which I think that came, I want to say that came out like a month or two after he died. Um, I bought, you know, uh, life after death, which came what two, a month, month or so after Biggie died, Biggie died in March. Yeah, I, I, I want to say it was like, maybe no, I think it was like two weeks, two weeks after Biggie died. Um, so you know, the music lived on. Now I will be honest, I bought one more Tupac album after the Machiavelli album. That was the, I think it was a double CD. The, um, uh, do you remember? Are you still down for me? I think that's the name of the album. I bought that album. Uh, that was, the album was okay. The subsequent albums after that, I never bought. And the reason being is that I think even though Pac created a great deal of music, um, I don't think that's music that he would have put out had he lived. Uh, same for Biggie. The Biggie duets, you know, the Born Again album. I listened to them, but I didn't buy them because I don't think. I mean, come on, man. I mean, like the Born Again album had, uh, you know, it had a song with like Biggie and Cash Money. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if Big was alive, do you really think he would have made a song with Cash Money? Um, nonetheless, uh, but yeah, man, I think it's now the the Dead Wrong song is dope. I love that song. Um, but that's another story for another day. But I think, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. And, and again, as a fan, um, you know, their legacies are cemented. Uh, there's always the debate <laughs> about, you know, who's better, Biggie or Pac. Um, honestly, I don't think there's any comparison. I mean, it's it's almost like you're saying, OK, well, what's be- what's better, a Beamer or a Benz? You know, I mean, if you got a Benz, a Benz is good. You know, if you got a Beamer, a Beamer's good. So, you know, you can't go wrong with either one. Uh, I don't think there's any comparison between, you know, Biggie and Pac, other than the fact that they both, you know, had their lives cut short. Um, You know, there's always the debate about who's better. And, you know, there's always the debate about where they land on the, you know, in the top five or top 10 or whatever, you know, where they land in hip hop. Um, And special shout out to my boy, Chris Harley, who uh, (laughs) who constantly tries to tell me that uh, that Pac is better than Biggie. Uh, I know he's going to listen to this podcast. Uh, I'm not getting into that. But nonetheless, uh, that's always a debate. You know, again, it depends on who you ask. They both uh, have great uh, catalogs. Pac's obviously more extensive than Biggie's because, you know, Biggie didn't have as much music. Pac was writing songs and doing music crazy because, you know, he felt like after Suge Knight bailed him out of, out of jail, well, actually, uh, death, excuse me, not death row, Interscope bailed him out of jail. But after Suge Knight, you know, allegedly got him out of jail, he felt like he had to pay off that debt to him. So he was recording like crazy. He was trying to do what he could to, and you know, there's a lot of people that think that Pac was actually trying to get off the label, um, before he died. I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories. And, you know, some people say, you know, Suge got, Suge set up Pac. I'm not getting all that. Um, Nonetheless, man, their legacies are, you know, it's cemented. Uh, It's unfortunate. Um, But as a fan, I love, you know, both of them. I think both of them are, you know, great. Um, I think both of them, in the short times that they were in hip hop, they added a lot to the game. And they influence so many. Tupac arguably is one of the most influential MCs or rappers of all time. Uh, I will maintain, and I've always said this, and I love Pac, but I don't think Pac was lyrical. I think he was deep. I think he was, you know, influential, but he's not as lyrical as Biggie. Um, Biggie's catalog obviously isn't as long and vast as Tupac's, you know, but that's not ain't his fault. You know, and I I really wish that we would have gotten a chance to, can you imagine you know, Pac and Big, you know, some 20 years later, uh, particularly, you know, seeing Pac navigate and move through this political climate that we're currently in or or that we've seen over these last few years. Um, you know, I would have loved to have seen that. I would love to have seen, you know, Biggie, how his career would have shaped out, you know, he and Jay-Z were planning a super group called the Commission. Um, you know, I, that would have just, I mean, it would have been doper than dope, you know? And so I don't know how things would have shaked out, but I, I know they both would have, you know, really, really added on to the legacy that they left behind. Um, but at the end of the day, man, uh, one thing is for certain, uh, because they're gone, we can, you know, always find solace in the fact that you can always press play and bring them back to life. Thanks again for checking out another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.